welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. It's terrific to be in the house of the Lord since God made creation. How about that? Just so good to be here and see so many friends and uh, guests that are with us today. Um, We're going to continue on in our Made for More series and God's Word. And He wants us to know that He has made you for more than what is going on at this present time. Um, When my wife and I were first married, we went to a, on a missions trip to the Bahamas, and someone has to do it. And the, the waters are pristine, and we had fresh fish, and it was absolutely beautiful, and we saw God's hand work so wonderfully, and some miracles and occur, and just answers to prayer. And we were working on a youth camp on Abaco Island, and the, it was absolutely uninhabited where we were. And what a joy to serve the Lord. And the, the air was so clean and the people were so hospitable. There was very, very few houses. And then I remembered uh, it was time to fly back to West Palm Beach. And the, uh, the airplane was a prop plane. It was a four-prop. Uh, four and it, uh, it landed and uh, it was a, a gravel runway with a little cement block building that said, Bahamian Bahamas International Airport, and it seated about, the plane seated about 60 people, and we got on that thing, and we really, we, we were sort of anxious to get home, but really um, uh, sorrowful in a way, or already missing the wonderful experience we had. I'll never forget the airplane, all those engines started uh, going, and, and the airplane is shaking, and we got airborne, and we weren't very far high in altitude, and all of a sudden we heard like that, and one of the engines cut out. Just imagine, over the Atlantic Ocean, one of the engines cut out, and it was spitting oil up against the window. Now let me tell you, there were two reactions that day. It was either drink or pray. And I can tell you there was a lot of drinking going on because they were serving it, but there's also a lot of prayer going on, at least by our team. And somehow, by the grace of God, we touched down in West Palm Beach in the airport, and I'll never forget that sight. What a wonderful sight as we're coming to America, and we were able to land and get off safely, and we just thank the Lord for it. Well, those feelings of uncertainty and those feelings of, is this thing going to crash? Those feelings of, God, are you hearing our prayers? Lord, our, our hope is in you. And all of those things that went through us, I can tell you our hearts uh, were just beating through our chest, but we did safely arrive. We're in the middle of uh, a day and age where there are great uncertainties that have brought tremendous stressors in life, not only with the global pandemic and, and the um, isolation sometimes from people, the uncertainties, 
the global recession that is here and for so many that have lost jobs and the unemployment rate uh, in an economy that was just going along so wonderfully, people have lost jobs and what that means to them for those that are close to retirement that have worked all their life. Is this plane going to land? It seems like one of the engines has blown out. What are the uncertainties of the future? The racial tensions in our country. The politicians and leaders that are both sides are bickering and, and just fighting back and forth. And these things have, they really assault us. There's four main things or basics of life that everyone has, and that is where am I from or called origins. Where am I from? Origins. Where am I going? That's destiny. Where am I going to end up? One of them is, is also morality. Are there any more values that are bedrock? Everything is changing. And then what, one of the other ones is this, that what is the meaning or what is the purpose of life? I want to share with you today from the book of Ephesians chapter 3 what I call a more sure word, that God has made you for more. God has made His church for more. He's made you as His creation for more. Uncertain times will wear us down. Some people might think, well, I'm oblivious to this. You can't be oblivious to this unless you shut down your feelings and your emotions. But while uncertain times wear us down, God has made us for more. We have a future and a hope, and we're going to direct your attentions to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. In fact, God's Word says in 2 Peter 1, 3, that I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Would you repeat that word with me today? I have given you everything. Let's say it. Everything. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. And if you're online this morning watching with us, you can just put something in the comments of how God has blessed you and the assurance that he has given to you. In talking with the staff the other day, I was asking them, what is God speaking to you? One of the young members of our staff, and our staff is, is, uh, is really is, is quite young um, for the most part. One of our youngest members said that they have a feeling that, that God is saying that nominal Christianity will no longer cut it for the church. Secondhand spirituality will no longer cut it for the church, but there is a need to cultivate the ability and the environment in our lives to hear and to experience God directly. Can someone say amen? To hear and experience God directly. As the church and as individuals, we must press the reset button for a deep spirituality of waiting on the Lord during this time. I don't know about you, but we watch very little television any longer. What's the point of it? Most of it is unreal to begin with. It's given us more time than we have ever had. But listening and being in the Scripture and being involved with spiritual commandments and honoring the Sabbath in our life and fixing our hope on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our hope. 
Paul said, I want you to know, friends, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And what the Lord Jesus Christ has begun in you and me, he is going to bring it to completion. Can someone say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Westminster Confession, and some of you grew up in liturgical churches and you knew, you know what the Westminster Confession says, but its, it's most well-known line is this, that the chief end of mankind or humanity is to enjoy God and glorify Him forever. And how many know that this is a wonderful time to enjoy God? Drink or pray? How about that? Drink or pray? God has made us for more. And the theme of this message today is that it's secure, rooted, strengthened, and beyond. There is a hope and a foundation that we have in God. And I want to share some things with you today. And the first thing is security. Who I am and whose I am. Security. The Lord is our past. He's our present. He gives us a present and He gives us a future. So Paul wrote to the church in, in Ephesus and to the surrounding churches. And he said this, and you can follow along with me in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14, 15, and 16. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in, through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We're going to stop right there. I want to encourage you today that our Heavenly Father, we are His children and we belong to Him. I've had the experience of having a, a wonderful dad. God is our good, good Father. And the security that comes and the provision and the life and the future that he has. In fact, in just a couple of Sundays, we'll be with him celebrating 70 years in ministry, fruitful ministry, righteousness and loving God and being all in for the gospel. But Paul also said this, that he said, for this reason, I bow my, my knees to our heavenly father. And because He is our Heavenly Father that's given everyone our name, our tribe, and heaven and on earth, we have the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and not only have the name, but belong to the family of God. And so Paul said it's for this reason. You say, Pastor Paul, what is this reason? Why did he bow his knees? In verse number 10, he says this, so that the Paul was writing, he said, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Church, I just, I want to, I want us to know that the church of Jesus Christ is the answer for this day and age. I believe that our heavenly Father is birthing something in the church and he wants to midwife a revival in the church so that this world will glorify God and many will come to hear the message of Jesus Christ and come into the family of God. 
I don't believe that this pandemic is just some blip on the screen, that this is just something that sort of happens because there's some virus that, that is attacking people or out there. No, God is in control. Can someone say amen? God is doing something in this land. So he said it's for this reason that he strengthens us and we're secure in the Lord. Paul said that you may be strengthened by his power in the inner man. Now just catch this with me. If you're feeling weak, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling uncertain, God has already made it. And Paul prayed that you would be strengthened in the inner man by the might of his power according to his riches and glory. Now, how many think God might be rich? How about that? How many know that he is not poor? He owns everything. He All things hold together by him. This is his world. The Lord is in control. And God's plan for you and for me is not uncertainty. It is not depression. It is not darkness. It is light and joy and fullness in the Lord. Can someone say praise God, praise his name? Amen. I've asked Eleanor McElwee and I to come and give a testimony. Uh, we're going to need a, a yeah, we'll, she'll have a microphone. Uh, Eleanor is one of the spiritual elders in the church along with her husband, Pastor John. And I've asked her just to share for a few moments of how her life changed when she came to Jesus Christ and the joy that she has given to him. Eleanor, God bless you. Thank Let's you, welcome her. God bless you, ladies. You. Amen. Thank yes. You. Well, a few minutes is not enough time to share so much of what God's done in my life. And I hope I can get through it without being too emotional. But God is good. He's been so good to me and to John. Um, when I was a little girl, I always desired to know God. I would take myself to church. I didn't have an adult ever take me. I went. And if I could take a friend or a cousin or somebody with me, I drug them along. I went to Sunday school. I joined the youth choir. I served on the, at the dinners. I learned the creed. I could say the Lord's Prayer. Um, I believed if I was good, I'd go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. I remember my mom telling me when I was a little girl, if I, she'd say, don't run, and I'd run and fall, and she'd say, see, you were bad, God punished you. That was my idea of God and what it meant to be a Christian. So I, I thought I was okay. I didn't realize I was on my way to hell. When I was 16 years old, I met my husband, and it was love at first sight. We've been married for 58 years, thank God. Mm. But in... Um, yeah, John will say, only by God's grace, though, and his help, of course. When um, we got married, John had ra been raised in a different kind of family. His father was an alcoholic, and John learned that a real man was one that could be the best fighter, be the best drinker, be the best gambler, and that's what made a man. And I was raised just the opposite. So when we got married, you know, we already had a problem there. We were married for about 14 years, and uh, I had gotten to my breaking point, all the heartache and the pain and the things that had gone on for those 14 years. 
And I was at a point where I was considering taking my own life, that I couldn't go on anymore. And I called my mom, and I said, I'm too young, I tried too hard, and I'm too unhappy. Can I come home? And, of course, she said yes, and I took my three kids, and we went to my mom's house. And we were separated for two weeks, which was the longest, ter most terrible two weeks of my life. And John called me. He said, will you come home? I swear I'll change. I swear to God I'll change, and I'll never drink again. And I said, you told me you don't believe in God. He believed in a supernatural power. But I went home, and for two years, John tried every way he could to amend and make up for the things that had happened in the past. But I was so full of hate and anger and bitterness that I was making it so hard for him. And my brother and sister-in-law began to talk to me about this thing called being born again. And I'd never had that heard of that before, only I knew that Jimmy Carter was running for the presidency, and he was a born again. So they invited me to a church in uh, Catonsville, St. Timothy's Episcopal Church. I knew some of you went there to a healing service. And when I went to the church, it was exactly what I grew up in, stained glass windows and organ music, candles burning, incense burning. The priest even had a robe on. Everything that I thought was God was there. But the service went on, and 20 minutes into the service, uh, Father Sampino came to me. Of course, I didn't know him. I'd never been there before. And I was the second person in. And he put his hand on my head, and he started to pray for me. And I went down under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, step out here. So I stepped out in the aisle, and he prayed for me again. And I just went down on the floor. I didn't know what it was. And I began to cry and raised my hands with a thousand people there. And I was praying and saying, thank you, Jesus. I knew that wasn't me. The service went on. At the end of the service, he gave an, an invitation. He said, I don't care if you've made your confirmation, if you've been baptized, dunked, dipped, or sprinkled. Have you ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Mm -hmm. And I knew I hadn't. And so I went to the altar, and Jesus came into my life. Mm. Thank you. Two days Thank later, yeah. I was leaving work. I was waiting for a ride. And my mind started to go back to the past. And all of a sudden, it was like a dark blind came down over my mind's eye. And all that pain, all that bitterness, mm -hmm. all those memories of the past was just gone. It wasn't yes. there anymore. Yes. And God not only saved me that night, but he healed me. Mm -hmm. Four months later, John came to the Lord. And he has quite a testimony. I, I won't share it with you. That's his to share. But he had quite a background of crime and drugs and alcohol and and God turned him around mm. and saved our family, our marriage, our home in just four months' time. Yeah. But what I shared, I failed to tell you, it was for two years in between the time that I left and the time that I got saved. We look back over that time, and we can see where God was there the whole time, putting people in our path, witnessing to us, and just miracles taking place. We didn't know it was God at the time. But now we look back and we see step by step that God was reaching out to us, mm -hmm. calling us. I think 
I needed God, but God wanted me. Mm, that's good. It's a difference between somebody needing you. They need you because they need something from you. But they want you because they want to give to you. They want to love you. And I just thank God for that. Yes. Um, it hasn't been perfect. Life is not perfect. We all know that. We go through things. We're going through things right now. Um, the, a year after we um, got saved, we bought a home right here in Bel Air. And within six months, we were both unemployed. And it looked like we were going to lose our home. But God was faithful. We still live in that home today. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've had uh, issues come with health many times, but God has always brought us through. He's always made a way. Mm. And through it all, we've learned to trust in Jesus. Yeah. And I know that he's going to continue with us. No matter what comes our way, we can trust the Lord that he'll bring us through. And two of the major big uh, blessings that the Lord has given to us is that we were able to begin the Spanish ministry here at Grace Assembly with no background in Bible college or anything like that. But God just said, speak to these people about me. And we spoke to those people. And then we started a Bible study. And from that, it just grew into what it is today. And we just thank God for that. Yeah. He just took two broken people with a broken marriage, brought us back together, and he's done remarkable things. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to serve him. I know that God created us for his pleasure, and I want every day that I have, every day mm -hmm. that I live, yes. to be pleasing yes. to him. Thank so you, I thank God, yeah. and I thank you for listening. And yeah. if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's calling you today. I know it's not by accident that Pastor asked me today to share, because I know there's many people going through things like we did, and God is saying, come to me, mm -hmm. and I will make it right. I yes. will be your Lord and Savior, and I will keep you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you all. And a good job. You can just, wonderful. You can just carry that right off. Yes. All right. If you need me to take your hand with you, you're fine. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Eleanor and John, what a wonderful blessing you've been to so many people. And for a, a while, in the beginning of Grace, our water baptism services were in their pool in their backyard, and they're known for just hospitality and warm fellowship and the love that they have for people and for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. I want to share with you that Paul goes on to say, he now talks about the love of God in Christ Jesus so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length, the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Security now identity, rooted and grounded in Christ's love. We hear a lot today about identification and that you are who you declare you are. I'm glad that I am who I am because God has declared who I am. That never changes. 
We live in emotionally charged times where history and facts are being distorted, where we are easily knocked off center, wondering about our identity, wondering about our purpose, wondering about our perspective, wondering about our destiny. But God has made you for more. When Jesus stood and inaugurated his ministry in Luke chapter 4, he quoted from Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord hath anointed me. And he went on to say many things. But if you would read Isaiah 61, verse number 3, the prophet said that you would be the planting of the Lord, the oaks of righteousness, that he may be glorified. Friends, you and I are made for more. He is the planter. He plans for you and for me to plant our lives so that we are oaks of righteousness, not tossed to and fro by the storms of this life, by the pandemic, by recession, by the tensions in this country, but that we would be rooted firmly and deeply in the love of Jesus Christ. And Paul said that Christ would dwell in your heart through faith. And he's no respecter of persons that when we come to the Lord, God makes it possible for his son, Jesus Christ, to dwell deeply in our hearts through faith. That's transformation. I want to encourage you, though, that transformation takes time. So many people... I'd say most of us, we want it to get back to normal. I heard of someone this morning who's just a 91-year-old person, and they said, I've had it with all these restrictions. I want to get my hair done. I want to get my nails done. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to go to the graduation parties. I've just had it with all this. How many can say I've had it with all this? You know what I'm talking about today. And we long for it to get back to normal. But what I believe, I believe that God has something for us called transformation that's better than normal. But transformation takes time. Transformation comes as a result of pain and loss and even collapse and ultimately surrender where we say, Lord, what are you up to? What do you have for my life? Yes, life is not the way I want it. I, I just want to let you in on a little secret. If you're just starting out right now in life and things aren't the way you want it, I just want to let you in a secret. They'll never be the way you want it. There's always something going to be bugging you. There's always something that's going to be wrong. People will disappoint you. You'll disappoint yourself but you are made for more. Can someone say amen? God wants to transform us. That transformation comes from being centered and rooted in His love and in His presence, being in His Word, cultivating our faith and having spiritual companions that can pray for us and speak life into us. God gives us a perspective when we're rooted and grounded on what's going on. 
I don't know what's going on except I know that God is going on. How about you? He is in control of those that are in control. I know that every time a door closes, the rest of the world opens up to us. I want to encourage you from God's Word. You don't have to grieve because a door is closed. You might say, Pastor Paul, you don't know the door that was closed in your life. I, I will not argue with you there. But I do know that there have been tragic doors that have been closed in my life, but it opens up other doors and there's life beyond because God has made us for more. Can someone say amen? The end is always the beginning. What is your new beginning that God has for you in Jesus Christ? And then Paul prayed what I call destiny. He said that you would be filled up to all the fullness of God. I talked with my wife, Chris. I said, Chris, that blows my mind. I can't even begin to say what the full, all the fullness of God is. Are you serious? All the fullness of God in me? So Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. I know that as we're with the Lord and as we experience Him firsthand, we experience more and more. But I also know, just like that butterfly in the cocoon, one of these days it's going to come out. One of these days we're going to spread our wings. We're going to have a different perspective. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. One of the great fears right now is that we're going to die from COVID-19. I don't wish that on anybody, but I'll tell you, that's not the worst tragedy in life. The worst tragedy in life is to die without Jesus Christ or to leave your family and leave God out of the picture and leave it up to chance because God has made you and me for more. Praise His name forever and ever. And all I know is one day I'm going to see Him I'm going to see him. I, I'll just break out in joy and song. Uh, Pastor Bobby's granddad passed away. Charles Hackett, who was a great friend of mine and Chris's, and I served him and worked with him for almost seven years. He was a great friend to Grace when we went through some really hard, hard times. Always a great encouragement, a great champion of the faith in our network here of, of almost 14,000 churches in the United States. He suffered a long battle of several years with Parkinson's, was debilitated, but what I know, he always liked to win. He was a champion Scrabble player. He always liked to win, and I can see him now. He's in heaven. He passed away this week. That body who couldn't move, that tongue that couldn't speak, He's in heaven now, filled up with all the fullness of God. I can see him with his hand on his hip, a twinkle in his eye, that smile on his face that says, I've won. I've won. And that's the destiny that God has for you and for me. The last thing I want to share with you is beyond. Beyond. Paul wrote, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and to Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We're going to have the band come and we're going to prepare our hearts for communion.
imagine with me. Imagine with me. Made for more. Imagine with me as we return to our first love in Jesus Christ and align with his will. To align our desires and hearts with his will. I just read this past week that for those who have income over the last several months that savings have actually increased something like 30%. And it's because we don't have as much to spend it on anymore. Restaurants, etc. They're all consumable things. But I don't think that we're any happier by spending as much as we have. But happiness and joy come from the Lord Jesus Christ. His joy, His faith, His security, His purpose and meaning in our lives, His destiny filled with the fullness of God, miracles and power and joy. I heard Sister Eleanor testified that when that individual who God used so mightily, Father Zampino, touched her and prayed for her in Jesus' name. The Spirit of the Lord came on her and did an instantaneous work in our lives. Friends, I believe God wants us to desire His touch in our lives, His transformation, not to settle for just riding out the storm and hoping it gets back to more, but God has given us the opportunity right now for transformation for his purposes his church but it begins with an individual saying lord i just want you lord i'm i'm spending time with you god i'm asking you to touch my life and to transform me god all the things that i had before really did not bring me what you want in fact the book of ecclesiastes says all of life is they use the term hevel it's meaningless. It's real. It's like the cloud, but you go to grab it, and when you get there, it's not really there what you thought it was going to be. But in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's made for more, abundantly above we, we could ask or think. It's greater than this empty world. And Paul said, it's according to the power that's working within us. It's beyond. I want to encourage us today. God has something for you you might think that, I don't know if I'll ever experience his touch. He has something for you that's so far beyond what you can begin to imagine, what I can begin to imagine. But God wants us to no longer have a second-hand relationship with him that just depends on Sunday morning and if the pastor's prayed up and has a good message or if the worship team sings the right songs. You don't have to have a middleman in your experience with God. How many know that? God has made us to have access with Him that doesn't depend on anybody else. But together, imagine with me as we move in and we can know Him for ourselves what God is going to do. And my prayer for you today is the same as it was for the Apostle Paul for this reason. I bow my knees before our Father who has given every family in heaven and earth their name, their identity, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. 
that you would be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that he would overtake our lives, that you would know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of the love of God in Christ Jesus according to the great power that works within you. Praise his name. That's what he has because we're made for more. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise his name. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. Here's the good news. If you say, yes, Pastor Paul, I want God in my life today. That's you. If you want to raise your hand where, wherever you are, say, yes, I want God in my life today. I want to know him as my Lord and Savior. You just lift up your hand. Thank you. If you're online today, live streaming, all you have to do is just give an emoji or say, yes, someone will pray with you. If you want God's touch, he's here today for you. Praise God. We're going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the security that we have in you. We thank you, Lord, that we know where we came from. We know where we're going. We know our identity. We know our destiny. We know not only our meaning, but the purpose for our life and the morality that's found in you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' strong name I pray. I ask, Lord, that you would minister and visit each one with your touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.